Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you very much, and welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernio. Carol is the executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation, well-known in the field of gerontology, has a master's degree from the University of the Incarnate Word in social gerontology, worked here heading up the Area Agency on Aging for several years, and has been with WellMed for the last... 300 11. years. Yeah, I say only 11. It's close to 300. 11. That's 11. cool. 11 to 300. Well, we've got a guest on who you know and we have talked to before uh, who is just an amazing guy. Christopher McClellan has a master's degree, founder and CEO of the Whole Care Network and uh, had an amazing relationship uh, with his partner, Richard Schiffer, who ultimately passed away. Uh, he was chronicled in a 2015 Pulitzer Prize story in sickness and in health, a couple's final journey. And we want to welcome you, Christopher, and share with us, uh, you know, that relationship with, with Richard and how you're doing now. Well, first of all, it's great to be on your show. Thanks for the opportunity to, to talk about Richard and share our story. And, and when you get right down to it, uh, you know, it's it's through our caregiving stories where we all connect. And we were fortunate to have our story told um, uh, in a 2015 Pulitzer Prize-nominated story that I'm you know, very grateful to have such a wonderful memory of Richard through that story. But the, the other thing that you don't realize, that I didn't realize once the story was published, is the journey that it would take me on after caregiving has ended. And uh, just had the, the honor and the privilege to talk with caregivers all all over the country uh, and sharing our story and and talking about life after caregiving and life during caregiving and how we can be supportive of one another because it's a, it is a very important role, but it's a very difficult role, as we all know. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about Richard and your, you know, the, your caregiving experience um, and that kind of led you to the, your uh, founding the Whole Care Network. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, Richard and I, Richard were, and I were, were the, we were the original Mutt and Jeff uh, couple. Huh. He was, we were an intergenerational couple, too. Uh, he was 20 years uh, older than me. And he, um, you know, he wasn't one that really liked to ask for help. And the parallel there is, like a lot of caregivers, I didn't want to ask for help either. I thought that my caregiving cape could just do everything. Uh, but uh, especially the last six months of his life when the, when the cancer came back and it was so difficult for him to do those daily chores that you just take for granted, um, dressing, um, cooking, uh, and, and having him having to ask somebody else for help was, was hard for him, and it was you know, equally hard for me to kind of reach out for help too, but... Um, and, and now being able to share the story about um, uh, about our relationship and the, the you know the love and care that we had, uh, I I recognize that you know caregiving is really the great equalizer. When you think about it, uh, there's no gender boundaries, there's no economic boundaries, 
there's certainly no orientation boundaries when it comes to caregiving because it impacts everybody. And one of the reasons our story was so successful, and even five years past the publication of the story, I still get comments uh, today from not only here in the United States, from all over the world, for people who have read the story. Because the story talked about love, care, and commitment. It just happened to be about two men. And people who read the story, they could recognize that they could be in that same position. And uh, that's why I'm, I'm so very grateful to, to have opportunities like this, to, to talk to the two of you and your listeners and to, and to share the story and to, and to let people know that in their time, it does get better. When you became a caregiver, uh, was that a, a surprise for you, or did you see that coming, and how did you adapt to that? Well, I don't think anybody, I, I, I've not met one person in, my, <laughs> in the last five years after being, uh, being involved in the, in the caregiving network, I've not met anybody, including myself, that's had caregiving on their bucket list of things to do in life. That's because it just happens. It's an untimely diagnosis or an unfortunate accident, and uh, suddenly you're a caregiver. And that really was what happened with Richard. We, you know, there was one one uh, uh, evening we were at uh, dinner with a group of friends. It was actually um, New Year's Eve in Indianapolis when the first indication that there was a um, a problem where he he choked on some of his uh, food. And that was the first indication that there was there was a problem with his esophagus, and you don't think of it right when you're when this is happening. You don't really project what's coming down the road, but when you're in the middle of it, you try to do the best that you can with the with whatever knowledge that you have. And uh, I mean, our story is is no different from from any other caregivers that. You know, it suddenly it happens, and and what do you do? We we're just often not prepared, and and equally so. You know, one of the very interesting things about caregiving journey is that it's two very common aspects, and I've experienced both of them. You know, there's a beginning, and then there's an ending, and in most cases, in fact, in fact, all cases, we're not prepared for these life-changing events. We're going to come right back to you. We're talking with Christopher McClellan. He is the founder and CEO of Whole Care Network, talking about his relationship with Richard Schiffer and how it led him into a brand new career dealing with and speaking about caregiving. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. You hear us on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. We have the pleasure of having you speak about caregiving and your experience on our um, Caregiver Teleconnection, which is a telephone support program where caregivers can call in and they get a chance to hear your story, you know, your advice, and then have a conversation with you. Uh, And in particular, you've really helped us kind of open the door to issues that might be different for people who, uh, from the LGBT community, uh, and I wonder, you know, how, how is it in five years have passed? Uh, I know you, you mentioned uh, that there were some legal and medical challenges back in 2015. Are things getting better in the LGBTQ uh, community? I, 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 I do think so, Carol. You know, uh, the uh, marriage equality has leveled the playing field uh, uh, in, in a lot of cases. Uh, but, you know, but unfortunately, that's, uh, 
that's only one area. We're never going to really take away uh, personal bigotry, and that's that does still happen. But uh, as I like to uh, to say to folks, uh, no matter what side of the fence if you're you're on, no matter what type of issues or trouble that you might run into with the legal system or the medical system, you know, to remember that you know as your role as an as a caregiver that your advocacy is is job number one. You can take care of the of anything that might be discriminatory after you, you certainly take care of advocating for uh, for your um, for your care partner. Uh, we had uh, two pretty traumatic experiences that happened to us when we entered the hospital, where the, the doctors uh, uh, approached Richard, uh, where I'm sitting on the um, the left side of him, and they they're bombarding him with questions. And I spoke up and I said, uh, well, I, you know, I might be able to help you here. And they both looked at me in unison and says, well, who, who are you? And then uh, the next day when we were down for a, a test uh, in, in the nuclear medicine, uh, the, uh, the tech person asked me, uh, what was I doing there? Why was I there? And, you know, when you're in the, the middle of caring for somebody that uh, you know is sick, to have those type of um, comments uh, made to you, it, you know, it, it it really kind of it's disheartening because you're trying to take care of somebody that you love, and that's why again it comes back to that why the story was so successful because it talked about love, care, and commitment, and no matter what. Uh, who you're taking care of? I certainly I've got to throw this in there. I understand there's plenty of people out there that are taking care of people who they don't love, um, but uh, when you're taking care of somebody, you're, you're focused on making sure they have the best care, and it's the caregiver who knows more about the care partner than any doctor, or any nurse uh, out there, and that's why it's so important to be able to, to speak openly and freely without any hesitations. In a similar situation, I'd think I'd want to break a couple of kneecaps. Yes, <laughs> very much so. I, I, uh, I wanted to get my hockey stick and do a couple of high sticks and cross-checking. Exactly. So. Right. Well, well, and nobody's immune from that. I mean, recently we had um, a message from the founder of the Wellmed Charitable Foundation, Dr. George Rapier, and he was talking about an experience he had when his mother was in the hospital and the doctor would not spend five seconds talking with him he's like i'm i'm a physician you know and i want to have a conversation with you about my mother's condition and the doctor said i don't have time <laughs> it's amazing and so and that's really, even dot physician it, it, to physician and you can hear the pain in his voice you know when that happened he did a very powerful uh, audio uh, recording all extemporaneous dr rapier did talking about bringing back compassion and empathy to medical care trying to change the way care is delivered. And that, really, the experience he had with his mother and, and other similar experiences made a lifelong impression on him. I can certainly understand that, because until you're in the middle of it, you really, you really don't understand it, no matter what profession that you're in. Uh, I, I, I always like to tell the story of, uh, and I use this in some of my presentations, uh, the, where a, a new employee comes to a big a big company, and uh, he could be working, in, he or she could be working in the mailroom, and just by chance, the the CEO of the company sits down 
next to them for lunch. And, and they don't have anything in common. But and we've all been in these awkward situations where you try to find that common thread, that common, uh, how do you have a conversation with a stranger? And you, you find out that, one, they're both caring for a loved one. And all of a sudden they have that, they have that common bond. And they talk about their caregiving experience. They share that experience. And they know just a little bit more about each other. They could be coming from totally different worlds, yet caregiving binds them together. They can share resources. Uh, they, can, they can share ideas for respite. And the most important thing that they can share with each other is validation in what they're doing. Now, those are the three most important things every caregiver needs, validation, respite, and resources. We're gonna come and on. when two, two strangers say, well, can figure that out, think how much better everybody could be. I like that. We're going to come right back to you. Stick with us. Don't go anywhere. We're talking with Christopher McClellan. I'm Ron Aaron. Along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, you're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. We are excited to bring you the all-new WellMed Radio. Our goal is to help make listeners healthier by focusing on health and wellness for adults everywhere. The new WellMed Radio features Dr. Joshua Beck, an outstanding family physician and attorney and veteran broadcaster, Ron Aaron. Ooh, that's me. Each week, we will focus on health prevention and wellness that's critical to the quality of life. WellMed Radio, Saturday mornings at 7, Sunday evenings at 5 p.m. on 930 a.m. The Answer. We are so pleased you are with us here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and we're talking on our Caregiver SOS On Air hotline with Christopher McClellan. Uh, he's down in uh, beautiful Florida, where the weather at the moment is what you'd expect from the Florida Chamber of Commerce. And we're talking about caregiving and the challenges, uh, not only for every caregiver, but some of the special challenges for those in the LGBT community. And, and Christopher, in, in the information we received on you, it says you're the author of What's the Deal with Caregiving?, Talk about that. Well, I, my book is it's part memoir, part, part how-to. Uh, I, I think when you're, uh, it was very cathartic uh, to write the book uh, as well. But uh, I, 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 what I, I talk about the book, uh, you know, my experience uh, and and what I thought I did well and what I thought I did not do uh, well. And uh, you know, for me, it was just a, it was just another way to to give back to the community. I had started blogging uh, in 2011 when Richard was first diagnosed, and writing just uh, came natural to me. And then we moved into podcasting, which I, uh, which I love quite a bit, as I love doing radio with the two of you. So uh, it was just kind of a natural progression, especially after uh, uh, obtaining my master's degree in leadership and communication from Gonzaga University. It just it just seems the, the perfect fit for me and how, how I can give back to the, the, the caregiving community. So what kind of a report card did you give yourself? You know, where, where was it that you felt like you, you know, where did you excel and, and where did you feel like you came up short? Well, I, I felt like I excelled in taking care of Richard and I, and I know that I got a, um, I, I probably, um, uh, probably would grade myself an F in taking care of myself, and and the the person who who insisted that I take better care 
of myself was the person I was taking care of. He knew Richard. He knew I was under stress. And and as I've come to learn uh, in this vast network of caregiving, self-care is is really the hardest thing to convince a caregiver that is important. Uh, and when you really think about it, and I'm, I'm learning this after the fact, um, uh, it, self-care is job number one. If you're not taking care of yourself, you're not taking as good a care as, the per, as your care partner because they're worried about you too. Even if it's unsaid, uh, they know that you're under a lot of stress. And uh, if I was to do this over again or if he was still here, which I, 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 I just wish he was, uh, I, would, uh, I would pay more attention to my own health and well-being um, the second time around. Now, is, well, I was just going to ask, what would, you, what would you do to take care of yourself? Well, I, I think I would uh, two things. Uh, one, I would um, I would ask for help sooner because uh, I've learned uh, in the process that asking for help is not a sign of weakness; it's a sign of strength. And the other thing I would do is is I, I wouldn't just completely walk away from my hobbies. Uh, well, I, I used to be a, 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 before he got sick. I was an avid uh, rollerblader and uh, and I liked uh, the bicycle bicycle. Uh, used to play roller hockey and, and all those all those things kind of went away when you're trying to uh, balance uh, work, life, and caring for somebody else. Usually the things that, uh, that disappear are the things that you do for yourself. And, you know, 35, 40 pounds later, um, you, you sit back and you wonder, how did this all happen? And then he dies. And your life changes. Not only does, not only do you lose the person that you you love and care for, you 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 also lose your that that one area that you identify with, and that's the caregiving. And all of a sudden, it's kind of like losing two relationships in one. And what do you what are you to do? Um, Self care uh, while you're in the midst of caregiving plays a very important role. Uh, for the caregiver once caregiving ends as well. Were you angry with Richard when he died? Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was angry at the cancer. I wasn't, um, wasn't angry at him. Um, you know, we had such a unique uh, relationship. Um, you know, he, he was given uh, three to four months to live at the original diagnosis and uh, ended up living another 29 months. Um, uh, because of his ability to to kind of fight it and and I know a lot of it he was doing for me so uh, I have nothing as I look back and it's it's been a hard transition for me but I, I look back now and and I and I have nothing but uh, I have nothing but fond memories and and uh, and and I, again I I wish he was here now but I wish he was here before the, the the version before he got sick, not the version right. during uh, as he was sick. So when you walked away from the relationship as a caregiver, is that really what led you into the sort of the giving back? That was a that was a way to transition you know, back to I'll say normal life. 
I, I yeah, I think very much so, Kirk. My my background's in social work, and um, and uh, also have a background in theology and, and ministry, and and this was this was a way for me to give back. And you know, I'm I'm not a nurse, I'm not a doctor, I'm not an attorney. Uh, I've done some social work, but I I've, I've touched all these areas as a as a caregiver, and and for me, the giving back, it's it's you know it's. It's sharing these stories. It's having caregivers share their stories so that they can they can feel validated, and that's one of the reasons why I created the uh, the Whole Care Network, where podcasters can come on and and tell their story, and and uh, because I think it's cathartic, and I know it was for me, and I and I know through our story sharing is where diversity meets the road for a common cause, and our our common cause is is helping caregivers. Where can folks go to connect to the podcast? Well, it's, it's pretty simple. We can, it's just uh, thewholecarenetwork.com. The and uh, my, my, my podcast is called Healing Ties from the Bowtie Guy. <laughs> but uh, I, am, uh, I am starting to transition from, uh, I, I, <laughs> this is, I, I'm sure you won't mind me my saying this, but I'm, I'm transitioning from my Healing Ties podcast to uh, a new brand called Aging Gayfully, and oh, I like uh, that. You know, my 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 tagline is you you don't have to be you don't have to be gay to age gayfully, but it sure does help. And uh, I'm trying to focus on life after caregiving because w- when we're in the midst of caregiving, uh, and there's so many wonderful people out there like yourselves talking about caregiving, and it's so important. But there's a whole area that is not talked about, and that's what happens when it ends? What do you do after it ends? My mother had a real and, difficult time. Uh, she'd been caregiving for my dad for many years. He had dementia. And when he passed away, it took her at least two, three years uh, to adjust to her new life. I, I, I certainly understand that because everything is different after caregiving ends. Your friends are different. Your life is different. Uh, uh, adjusting to life by yourself um, it is a different path, and you don't, you you just don't prepare for it. And and you know, for me, I'm you know, Richard's uh, life transition. His anniversary is coming up on March 9th. It'll be six years, and I and I, I can tell you, honestly, within the last year, year and a half, I've just really started to be interested in, in maybe meeting somebody and and getting out into the into the uh, the dating field if that's uh, if that's even a a word but um because i've recognized now that uh, the relationship that he and i had that's always going to be there it's not going to be it's not going to change by if Correct. i was to meet somebody else and it reminds me about a question that i was asked at a, at a presentation they asked me if would you ever do do, do you hope to love again and i it kind of startled me because I really hadn't thought about it. And I said, well, I, I, I certainly do, but I also know that it will be different. But what I've learned here recently is it's going to be okay to love again. Well, now that you've opened yourself up, you'll meet someone. Yeah, 
So you can quote Ron on that. You can quote Ron when that Very happens. Good, yeah. Yeah, that's that my happens. prediction. That's the prediction. Well, I think mm-hmm. that you, you know, you what you said is very important. The idea of thinking about taking care of yourself along the journey will ease the transition post caregiving. You don't need that role anymore. That you right. saved some of yourself that thread. Um, of mm-hmm. interest that you have throughout the caregiving journey, and we're excited. Right. We're excited so to to have another conversation with you to talk about aging gayfully, um, I you know, would love I, to and share that. the secrets I, of success to, for that. Kind of uh, nudge you on that. I would love to. Uh, I'd love to have that conversation. We don't you. need to be nudged. We'll uh, get Claire to book you. <laughs> book him, Claire. Ah, very good. <laughs> so, so before we, yeah, I think there, there's uh, go ahead. There's one thing that I there, that if I could. Could say to all the caregivers out there, I mean, maybe there's two things. That's but, what I was going to uh, ask you. Good. Uh, um, uh, it's okay to take care of yourself while you're in the midst of caregiving, because uh, you know I I learned the hard way, and uh, I want to make it easier for uh, everyone out there who's in the midst of caregiving that's struggling. You know, find that find that five minutes in your day of me time, whether it's just sitting in a in a quiet room or a dark room or, or, or doing it's just doing something for yourself. Set a, set a daily intention for yourself. Because what I've learned in, in my transition is that my faith tells me I will see him again. My mind tells me he's forever pain-free. And my heart tells me he's standing right beside me. That's pretty cool, and it's a great place to say, Thank you. We are flat out of time. And we'll get you back to talk about aging gayfully. We, we all can use that as we age. So thank you very much, Christopher. We'll do it again. I'll look forward to it. It's great being on with you guys today. Thanks. Thank Bye-bye. You. For Carol Zerniel, I'm Ron Aaron. We appreciate you joining us on Caregiver SOS on air on 930 AM, The Answer. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.